Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about movies, music, TV shows, bananas, and how much I hate them. Um, I'm Tori. I'm Erin. I'm Mia. And I'm Decoria. And we want to thank you for listening to this week's general episode. Um, we want to let all of our listeners uh, know that we will be participating in the KPSN Podcast Festival this July, Saturday the 10th and July 11th. Um, we will be doing a fun interview, an exclusive live podcast episode, and we will also be giving away some tickets. So make sure you follow us here on TikTok. Oh, not here on, t- not here on TikTok. This is not TikTok. This is probably <laughs> Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening to. But make sure you follow us on TikTok at Commented Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Commented um, so you can get the deets and get your tickets. Um, um, regular price tickets have already been up and uploaded so if you just want to go ahead and buy a ticket and donate to the National Alliance on Mental Illness which is um, which this event is a fundraiser for that'd be cool too but make sure you stay tuned um, so today we're just going to be doing a general episode where we just talk for like an hour so yeah hope you enjoy that how are we doing ladies how's it been Marin? pretty good i finally went to the dermatologist to get my whole skin thing because i don't know i was like the beginning of the pandemic you know i figured out my skin was working and now out of nowhere my skin started getting worse and so yeah we gotta we gotta figure it out because i don't know what i'm doing wrong and so she prescribed me birth control um specifically for acne so i'm taking that yeah but Mm -hmm. she said she said it will take a, it will probably take a, she, I think she prescribed me five months worth. And she mm-hmm. said, um, it's going to take a minute before like it finally kicks in. So I'm like trying to like keep that mentality because I'm like, okay. in my head, I'm like, if I'm taking pills, I need it in a week. I want this stuff to start <laughs> up. But she's like, right. it might take months. And I'm like, okay, we just have to figure that out. And then I have two, I have keloids on my face that, cause I have facial hair. So like I shave honestly. So Mm-hmm. I think they might have been caused by that. I'm not 100 sure. So I went and got. They put these like. Let me. I think it's some kind of like steroid shot. Yeah, it, I yeah. had a keloid in my ear. I know exactly what you're talking so about. It's a steroid inject, injection. Mm-hmm, they injected one on. I have a, about five, but the ones on the right side of my face are not noticeable and not bad. So I just they don't bother me. But I do have some on the right side, the left side of my face that do bother me. So she injected those. Which, let me tell you, like. I always forget how painful it is until they actually do it. It's not bad, but it's like, they'll like inject you with it. Right. And then like, I don't know if it's her putting the steroids in, like pushing it in. And then it's just, Oh, it just hurts just a little bit It burns, right? (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't Mm. burn for me. It just like, it's the, it's the needle hurts. Like it, like it hurts for me. So hmm. she has to do three on this side of my face, but I do believe it's working because the bigger one I have does look smaller and feel smaller. So yeah, um, uh, like I, as that. someone who had keloids like a uh, last year, I'm it will work because for me I did the same thing. Like I had a bad piercing. If you're gonna get an ear piercing, don't go to the mall. Please go to the <laughs> tattoo shop. Like don't get pierced with the ear piercing gun. Like especially from Claire's. A lot of these people do not know what they're doing. But yeah, I had like a second ear piercing that I got when I was like 18 and like I really wish I would have went to a tattoo shop, might do it later, get it re-pierced. But 
I got the steroid injections and like literally they were gone in like five months and I don't I didn't have to go back after like three sessions. So yeah. That's good. The thing is though, Decoria, I I looked it up and freaked myself out because I looked up I wanted to see like if this was common among other people. Because um, these keloids on their faces, and they are, and sometimes mm-hmm. these injections don't work for people. So yeah. I didn't go for months because if I spent this money at this dermatologist and it didn't work, I was going to be disappointed. So, and like plastic surgery is also an option, but it can still come back, which, like, yeah, I feel pay, like with oh the plastic God. surgery, because yeah. they're going to make another wound that like, that exactly. probably would not help. Cause keloid is just scar tissue from a wound. Exactly. So. so I, so I went and it worked and I'll go back in three more, three more months. And hopefully um, that last one will be the last time I have to go. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Nia? Um, nothing much um (laughs) like i've well one of my recent projects i guess what's been on my mind is to like Mm -hmm. so i'm an only child and so being an only child my parents saved literally every single piece of paperwork i ever worked on since i was born Mm -hmm. and so i've when i was like rearranging our when we got our house redone on the inside i was like i should probably figure out what i own and what i have and so i've been going literally year by year and like throwing away what I want want. to throw away what I want to throw away and then keeping what I want. So like all this, I just finished kindergarten element, like early elementary years. And I still have to get through six through 12 because I have like all the artwork I was drawing every day. And my parents were like, write your name and save the date. (laughs) And so I have like thousands of papers and I've, and I'm just started. Like I haven't even made a big dent in it yet. Like I haven't done, high school middle school like I still have so much left How to do what to keep ah uh, that's a good question I'm kind of going off of what my eye goes by like if I have a date on it and I have an age on it and I have like like it looks like something <laughs> coherent because <laughs> yeah. sometimes you just be like four years old and just scribbling stuff on a page but like if it looks nice and I can be like oh this would be nice to show my future kids or grandkids like that's the kind of thing I'm going off of and I'm not saving a lot. Like I'm saving like 10 to 15 pieces of artwork, like in for, and I'm trying to do it by year, but for the things that don't have a year, I'm just kind of keeping them in like a folder by itself. But like, there's this YouTuber uh, called do it on a dime. And she's like this like mom who's like a, she's like a white lady in like her forties, I think. And she's like a organizer and I've like followed her and she has like this really cool idea of like getting all of your paperworks from your entire life in one container. So like one file folder. So where you can easily go through and be like, what do I want to look from 2007? Oh, this is the highlight from what 2007 was. And you like save a report card, you save one essay you like, or one grade or one test so you can show like your future generations so they won't be overwhelmed like because I feel Mm -hmm. like because I feel like with a lot of people if you save everything then people who come after you like your descendants and they're going to be like well this is just so much stuff (laughs) but if you already do the hard work for them and pick like the really monumental things in your life from that year you won't have to really think about it and you'll be like well this is my stuff and it's all in this one case so 
Your been... mom is a historian, right? Or archivist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So that, that makes sense why y'all kept so much stuff. Because I was thinking about my family. I'm like, we like we have pictures, of course. I think like, every black family has like a photo book from like the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> yeah. like we didn't keep like any kind of paperwork oh. or anything like that, really. But yeah, Corey, uh, my mom is a historian, and my dad kind well he he likes history. They kind of bonded off that when they met each other. But like, I think it's more so that I'm an only child. Like if I had siblings, my mom, I don't think she would save everything from every child because that's yeah. just so much stuff. I think it's because like they had me when they were older and they were, I'm their only kid. That They're like, let's save everything. <laughs> and, and my mom, I asked her why she did that. And she's like, I wanted you to pick what you wanted to keep. And so when you got older and I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it's like, like the, this, the sheer volume of stuff. Like, I think it's nice to save some stuff because it's cool to see that I did like math when I like I can see my math assignments from like elementary school but to have like 60 of them (laughs) it's a lot like like I feel like it's um the art stuff is cool like if you want to save your kids art that's the most interesting stuff but like saving every single like piece of material you got like it's just it's overwhelming so yeah do you still I'm just doing it step by step no yeah, go ahead. Do you, you still say? have your clothes? You're a baby or young yeah. clothes? Yeah. Like oh. when I, y'all, I'm dead ass. I have not. My mom has a trunk underneath. I think it's a in my dad's, like we have a closet downstairs and I think it's in the hall closet. It's a massive suitcase and she saved all my baby clothes. She saved all of my little shoes, like, like everything. She didn't save my childhood clothes. Like when yeah. I got 10 and but older just the baby stuff okay. yeah like there's trunk like i could dead ass y'all when i have a if i have a daughter or i had a kid i could literally just put my clothes on because <laughs> there's so much of them and she saved like my mom has my <laughs> she has the umbilical cord she has like my first tooth i lost oh like wow. there's so wow. much like my mom saved and it's like in this suitcase so it's and i it, it's nice um, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, what do I do with all this? Yeah, it's like, what do you do with it? Where do you store it at? Stuff like that. Like, Right. Yeah. And, but it's like a project, like I, for my toys, I think it's smart for the toys thing because I have learned, like, if you throw away a lot of your childhood toys, you won't know if they're worth anything down the line. And so I had... I had all like these toys and specifically like my mom when I was like six bought me like American Girl dolls which were expensive and so I and as a kid I kind of registered in my head like these are worth money don't mess them up it's weird like I don't know how to even I don't know why young me didn't think to like play with them you know but I just kind of left them in their box their original boxes I kept them with the covering they had almost like I was preserving them like (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like young me knew like this is money don't play with don't ruin this and so they're still in their original boxes they still have the original plastic and I'm like this is going to be worth something (laughs) so I'm going to keep it (laughs) so anybody listening if y'all have toys that are like in decent condition just do a google search and be like what does this 2001 Furby cost now and you'll be shocked you'll be shocked you never know too like even with like something as small as like a hot wheels car like some of those are like collector's yes. items and you didn't even know it you didn't if you have the original version of harry potter the first book it's like over a grand now wow like y'all oh wow like, 
dead ass like if y'all go look at just like the list the gi joe's poly pockets furbies they're all like in the, people are making money off this <laughs> well, there, there we go <laughs> zincaster was acting like a bougie little bitch today um but yeah we were talking about our family having an immense amount of um memorabilia of us but i was saying that um I, my mother's a bibliophile, so we just have books on books on books on books on books. And in our, um, in our, in my office, there's a, there was a bookcase that was full of, like, children's books. Like, elementary school children's books. And I'm like, everybody in this house is over 20, so she get rid of those. <laughs> and so I went through all the books. And I was actually looking up, like, what are expensive children books, like, mint copy dates. And so I kept a handful of them and the rest we gave to um, charity. But also, just so y'all know, Salvation Army does do pickup. A lot of, like, places do do pickup. Uh, I actually need to get a, um, I actually need to get a box ready because of the kidney, the National Kidney something donation. I was on their list or whatever, but they're doing the pickup during the 8th. So I've been, like, We've been getting rid of clothes, furniture, because I refuse to take all the shit with us to our next house. Because my family is the type that doesn't, like, throw shit away. Um, Mm. Like, I'm the type that if we go grocery shopping, I want to clean out the fridge first. Like, what's not being eaten, what's rotting, um, what's, you know, all that stuff type of stuff. And I'll throw stuff away, like, pizzas that have been in the freezer for, like, six months. And my my brother and my mother were like, oh, we're going to eat it. No, you're not. It's going to be here. For another three months, and it's taking up space for the stuff that we are eating. I don't know what it is with black parents and wanting to have a deep freezer full of food. My mother, yo, yesterday, I told my mother, we don't have any bread. So can we do a grocery run for bread? We order groceries because my mother doesn't like going outside. My brother is um, uh, immunocompromised, so we try not to be outside um, a lot during the coronavirus and all that stuff. And so... um. I just asked for bread, some naan, and you can get some cases of water because, you know, you have to have a certain amount to get, like, free delivery or whatever. Tell me why this woman bought, like, 10 cans of Pringles when we already <laughs> Listen, 10 cans of Pringles when we already had, like, four cans of Pringles in the pantry and then proceeded to buy five things worth of chicken nuggets. And I'm like, Mom, like... We have chicken nuggets. And the week before that, she bought, like, two bags of chicken patties when we already had a huge bag of chicken patties in the freezer. And the thing is that she doesn't, like, go look in the kitchen and see what we need. Uh-huh. She just buys stuff that we know that she's we're going to eat. And so then we have, like, a surplus of it. And there's only three people in this house. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, but, um, but talking about memorabilia and stuff like that, I've just been, um, we don't have a lot. I feel like my our our situation is special because we have two kids um i have a bunch of photos my brother doesn't have a lot of photos because i think all of his photos are undeveloped so i have like a box of undeveloped film that i don't know if i, I mean i think i could still get it developed but i'm pretty sure you all can pictures are like on there and stuff like that my mom like refuses to throw away clothes shoes she's got like tons of high heels that she hasn't worn in like eight years and she's like heartbroken that she has to give them up and i'm like mom 
Oh, Tori, same with my my mom with clothes is the exact same. My mom, like, <laughs> she has dresses from the 80s, like suits from the 70s. And I'm like, mom, mom. You know I mean, I what, though? It. Before y'all throw that away, open up a Depop account and post that stuff on there. Because, like, yeah. I recently just started looking on Depop because, you know, trying to be more sustainable or whatever. And <laughs> the people on there are like selling, like you can tell the clothes are like from like literally from nine, the nineties, the seventies, the eighties. And people are selling these pieces for like $50 for like a shirt and whatnot. Like, it's not like the typical, like you give something to the thrift store and they may sell it for like $5. Like, no, they're really like profiting off of this stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I could probably do some of that because I showed y'all what I got the last time we went. Yeah, you had some like, like real nice stuff. Shirts, skirts, and stuff. I was and like, all that wow. stuff is in now too. So yeah. Also, like, and the thing yeah. is, my mother only wears sundresses. Like she, she wears the bought... same outfits over. And over. Yeah, she wears <laughs> black sundresses or like color print sundresses like year round. That's all she does. Yeah, and so, so like like to have like a master closet full of clothes that she hasn't you know look through so i'm out of a deep depop account also tori have you thought about keeping a lot of that like i even though you said you kept a few things like has your mom just been like you take it um no it's like we'll go through the clothes like every time like i set up like a pickup or something and i'm like well i i have only like a few pieces of clothing because i usually like to when i buy stuff i usually kind of go through my clothes again and be like i'm not gonna wear this i'm not gonna wear this these can all be donated and you know for people who need it and stuff like that instead of like throwing it away because don't throw your clothes away there are definitely people who yeah donate donate them them. (laughs) please please donate your clothes um but but when we went through her closet the last time i was able to get like a good hefty stuff but like the pieces that i found were like stuff that i'd wear but like me and my mom definitely had different tastes but the thing is that i never got to be in my mom's closet because i had a growth spurt my mother is um five four on a good day um we have two different body shapes i'm six feet tall and i skipped right over her shoe size so like what could i wear in her closet (laughs) yeah so like the only reason she's not giving away shoes right now is because my little cousin is the same size as her and shoes so she's like yeah she can come get some of these heels and stuff that she likes to wear before she gives them all away but the fact that i was able to like get her to give some stuff away i was like that's progress (laughs) At the bare minimum, it's progress. But yeah, I, I told her yesterday that we should get some more books away, like books she hasn't touched. She's like, you're not getting rid of my book collection. I was like, okay, this is not going to be an easy fight. She's got every mm-hmm. Stephen King book, books. I mean, anyway, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been, Corey? Good. Um, I was going to say about like the keeping stuff, my family is literally the opposite. Well, as far as my grandmother, like literally... Mm-hmm. Of course, we have the picture books and whatnot, but other than that, my grandma will throw anything away. She does not care. She will throw it away in a heartbeat. (laughs) She's the type of person that if, let's say you went out to dinner the night before and Mm. you put something in the refrigerator because you want to save it to eat the next day, she'll throw it out that night. If you don't like put a name on it and saying that you want to keep it, like she'll throw stuff away. Like she's throwing away stuff that's been like important documents. My grandpa will get so upset. He's like, why would you throw it away? I needed that. And she's like, well, you left it out. So I thought it was trash. (laughs) 
DeCorey, I have a question. So since your grandma does that a lot, do you have a lot of, does she save stuff from her childhood or from her parents or her parent, her grandparents? Oh, no, not at all. I don't, she has nothing, um, to my knowledge, especially since her family is from Texas and she moved here to Georgia when she was like in her mid twenties. So like any stuff that she has is not in Georgia to my knowledge. Mm. Like she doesn't have anything old at all. Like the only thing, the oldest stuff we have is like jewelry and picture books, like photos of family members. But other than that, nothing else. And I, of course I save like me trying to preserve my childhood. I save some stuff like hid it away in my room but other than that no yeah i don't think we moved down to georgia when i was in the fifth grade so i don't think i have like childhood childhood stuff i know i have a box full of brats and a giant dollhouse in the garage somewhere i don't have any kind of want to i kind of want to keep those just to pass them on to my children well the dollhouse at the very least the dollhouse is kind of nice. The dollhouse is something my mother won when she hit the lottery or she won at Blackjack or something. And then I walked home on one random day and it was a giant dollhouse in our living room. I like v- clearly remember that. But um, yeah, I don't think what my a- little brother has toys or anything or anything like that. Wow. And Marin, I'm curious about yours. Do you have like things, not just from your childhood, but like do your parents keep a lot of old things from like maybe their childhood or their parents? Uh, no, my parents definitely do not, considering um, how much we've moved. There's this photo books, of course, we have photos, but anything, like, I think we have one photo, really, really old photo of my my dad when he was young, and that's the only one I've ever seen, and then that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if the oldest things my parents own are their wedding rings, honestly. Yeah. But... That's another mm. thing, too. Like, Marion, my family moved a lot. Like, yeah. the house that we're living in now, this is the longest house we've, we've ever Same. stayed in, and that's because me and my siblings literally begged them not to move again. Because, like, <laughs> Interesting. my grandma, she was, like, in an Air Force family, so of course, they're used to moving all the time, and so that's just yeah. what she was used to, and that's just what she did. She got tired of an area, and she just moved without, like, thinking about how like the kids would be affected so like when we came here we were like look like we're not trying to move again please don't and so they've been here for like 15 years have you have y'all been in your house since you were a kid yeah this like that's i think that's yeah that's so interesting i've only been in one house my entire life like and the thing is both of my like my sets of my grandparents lived five minutes away from me and that wasn't by accident that was just coincidence like my mom and my dad lived in Atlanta. My dad came here from New York in the 90s. My grandparents retired down here because they lived in New York and New York was just, they were just tired of it and they wanted to find, you know, the South, which was more calm and relaxing. And my mom moved here in the late 60s, early 70s from Pennsylvania. So like the bulk of the family moved to Atlanta about 40 something years ago on both sides. Well, not both sides on one side. And even though we have roots in like North Carolina, South Carolina, it's like everyone's here. (laughs) So it's Mm -hmm. like, like all my uncles besides one are here. Majority of my cousins are here. So it's like, I've only lived in one house my entire life. So, and I, and I guess that's why I guess you look at things different when you move because y'all have all moved multiple times and 
assume like you think of things differently when you have to just like you know we're leaving you know i guess is that like, am i you making don't wanna... sense yeah it makes more it makes a lot of sense because like since you stayed in one place you've been able to like collect things and hold on to them but when you move a lot you're kind of thinking like more of like we have to move we don't have the time to keep all of this stuff so let's get mm -hmm. rid of stuff as we go and like when you finally do stay in one place that's when you start like accumulating a lot of things but when you're moving a lot yeah you don't want to keep a lot of stuff especially like furniture and whatnot like heavy you don't want to take it with you papers right. and that just takes up space you don't want to take it with you so yeah right. so that's but also like that's a bad thing to like my having one place your entire life it's a bad thing because it's harder to, to convince family to let go of stuff like we had True. like y'all we had a, there's an autumn like an ottoman and a chair downstairs that's been here longer than i've been born oh, <laughs> like no. my dad like there's an autumn and my dad didn't want to get rid of it and like there's so many things in this house and I'm just like, this was here. Y'all got this as a wedding present. Like this is still here after 26 years. Aww. Like there's, I mean, like it's cute, but it's also just like to convince my parents to that things can be replaced. It's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my grandmother now, see the thing with my family is that my uncle moved down here to Atlanta first and my mom wanted something. My uncle was like, telling her like this is much better than you know st louis where they're from and my grandmother though they've been in that house since my oh, my mom was a kid so she's got like this three-story oh, wow. house in um in st louis and it's really like like you can go through her garage and there's like my grandma's a very clean woman, but she's been like, I just remember like 10 years ago when she's like, I'm getting rid of stuff. And I'm like, getting rid of stuff. She's like, yeah. So she's like <laughs> been slowly like getting rid of stuff. Like we've um, convinced her she's eventually going to have to move down here to Atlanta because this is where her kids and her grandkids are. But um, it's interesting because like me and my mom like want a forever home. Like we want to like, we want our next move to be our last move until we like can build. So we want to buy. Mm -hmm. And so like, even when we were in an apartment before this, um, my mom had a storage space because she didn't want to get it. She had, we had a huge house in St. Louis. My mom built from the ground up and furnished from the ground up. And then we moved down to Atlanta and we were in a smaller house, but it was still enough room for all of our stuff. But then our house, the owner of our house lost the house. So we had to move to an apartment and then we finally moved to the house we're in now. And so it's like moving, but my mom not being able to, um, throw away stuff so we had storage space and so even now our garage is just full of furniture that won't fit in our actual house because it's too small so interesting yeah so like y'all basically you like not you don't really buy new furniture because you already have like a lot of stuff kind mm -hmm. of yeah we don't we haven't mm -hmm. i don't think we've bought new furniture in years like i've just recently bought like a printer stand and like, yeah. uh, like some more storage space because we just don't have enough storage in this house and I'm going to get rid of the couches that are here in my office because I want to redecorate this into like a functional closet but like I've just thinking about yeah like I haven't bought a new bed I still have the bed that I had when I was in um in St. Louis my mother gave fifth fifth grade year old me a queen size bed so I've always had a queen size bed <laughs> and unfortunately my brother is still sleeping in his smaller bed because his room is not big enough for a bigger bed so 
there's just that yeah it's interesting but like we were talking about the housing market the other day and when i tell you i am fed up with everybody i actually saw a tiktok the other day that's talking about how um the housing market will eventually have to bust because rich people just keep buying houses and renting them and not selling them mm. yeah and so like it's and folks can't afford it it's... And folks can't afford it. And they're just like, we're going to just keep raising rent because they can. Like, I don't know if there's a legal limit on rent or the price of rent or whatever like that. Yeah. But, like, um, trying to find a house that three generations of people can live in is hard. That's not a half a million dollars. So. Yeah. Question. This is just random, but also related to the housing thing. Do y'all remember the, the crash when all the house market crashed? No, I don't remember Me? it but you i don't? was not young and i wasn't i didn't understand it i just knew the market crashed that was it yeah for me i was like i remember it vividly because it was like a very bad time for my family my grandpa used to do mortgages and he had his own company during that time so like when the market crashed back in like 08 and earlier like it we like what happened it was just bad he lost his job we went from a completely different lifestyle like before mm -hmm. not this is not saying that we were rich but we definitely were like upper middle class i would say yeah, like we were living yeah. like yeah. in swanee georgia whatnot like a nice neighborhood and then like after the crash and he lost his job like we lost our house so we had to move somewhere else that's why that's another reason why we had to keep moving a lot so like mm. Like a lot of different areas, and like, then my grandma ended up having to essentially become like the main provider of our household after that happened. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I asked, that's so wow. I um, wonder if 08 is when our the owner of our house lost their house. That I'm, might be, it might be, yeah, it might have like y'all. If honestly anything negative happens in your family, it could correlate back to Owen. Yeah, literally. Like, I don't think we lived in. I lived in Georgia for ten years. You said oh eight. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. think I yeah. lived here around that time. We were still in apartments. I think that's why I don't really. Mm. I remember the situation, but I, maybe that's why it didn't affect my family as much because we didn't have a house then. Mm, interesting. It might have been actually yeah. after oh eight because. Oh, I nine. definitely like, moved. Yeah, I definitely moved because we graduated in 2013, right, Nia, from high school. Yeah, and uh -huh. then so I we were in a two bedroom apartment up until I think from from the time I was in like ninth grade until we I graduated. So that was like that had to be ten nine something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even mm. then, even if it was after, like, the after, I, I think the after effects of the 08 crash, like, continued on even till today, low-key. Like, yeah, no, we haven't ever really recovered. Mm -mm. And then what's crazy is I remember, like, in my neighborhood, like, we, like, my we were going through hard times, too. But, like, luckily, like, we didn't get put out. <laughs> but yeah. like we almost like we my dad told me he's like we almost did and i was like well thanks for sharing that now but anyway. thanks for letting me know <laughs> but at the same time it was like i remember just folks in the neighborhood like seeing so many people get their stuff like on the the sidewalk like it was yeah. and then houses were being like y'all if you were rich in 08 
you would have probably like bought half of like all of real estate by now because like ho- mm-hmm. homes were like ten thousand dollars homes were cheap and i was like whoa and like to see now that we're like the prices of homes and like apartments are just doubled it's like do y'all not know what happened in the beginning like in in 2000 before the crash like people homes were expensive stuff was expensive and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, now the housing market crashed. And then it's like, well, I, I kind of agree that it may crash again. Cause like, who's a, who can afford to like live in a $1,300 apartment when they're like, they don't, when the wages are the same, like the wages are technically the same as they were 20 years ago. But it's mm-hmm. like, you expect people to pay more to live when you're not paying us more. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Also. Like- People were just like, um, it's crazy. It what kills me is the older generation being like, millennials just want to be viral. Go buy a house. Well, Why don't you just go, buy a house? No, y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all, you know how you can shut them down immediately? Ask them how much they made in their first job. Ask them and do an inflation calculator. Because I asked my parents and they were, my dad was like, Oh, I wasn't making much. I just made, you know, forty thousand. I was like, Do you know forty thousand in the nineties is now? <laughs> like you they don't they, they don't they, they don't comprehend because like what we're we're making less than what they made and still trying to live. Like they our parents were making bank <laughs> and like bread was like ten cents. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but yeah. bread was like fifty cents. Like it's not <sighs> inflation calculator think- make yeah i think too tori i think you're the one who sent this like statistic tiktok but like isn't it like oh, yeah. millennials are like the the most anxious generation we have like the least amount of money out of all generations mm-hmm. like stuff like that so like it's they just, were like mark zuckerberg is like a ridiculous he holds most wealth of the <laughs> he has all of our wealth and i was like well damn then that was and sad see, shit <laughs> like we talked we had another general episode where we mentioned eat the rich these are the people we were talking about when we say eat the rich <laughs> these kind of we don't mean that much class. wealth we're not talking we don't about mean you. actually pay their taxes we're talking about the motherfuckers yeah. who don't <laughs> yeah we're talking about jeff like, we're talking about bill we're talking about i'm using their first names you know who it they is are. <laughs> yeah it's so funny because like there's been a lot of discourse lately because my tiktok is very much black and so all of like the black Twitter discussions eventually get brought to TikTok and back and forth and all of that. And so besides the bonnet thing that happened over the weekend. Oh, like, oh my night, God, I saw that. <laughs> we got to talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. But people were um, talking about how, um, you know, there's been like a wave of like black luxury aesthetic for black oh, women. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of creators are just like, well, it's just capitalism. And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, and a lot of people believe that for us to, for our society to change, capitalism has to die. And I agree with that. Capitalism can go to fucking hell because nobody benefits from capitalism but people who already had money in the first place. Um, right. But it was talking about like people who like, um, like, because you'll get those TikToks that be like, middle class black girl bougie tiktok spent a day with me and they're like going to get their hair done and nails done and stuff like that and i feel like it's interesting because i feel like that aesthetic like the black luxury aesthetic or like taking time to take care of yourself got skewed because to me when i first saw it coming up on tiktok it was like take time for yourself it's like it's okay to like want to have your hair done or want to have your nails done and like you don't always have to save money because that's what a lot of rich people be like. You just have to save money. You just have to not Which drink a Starbucks true. coffee. It's not true at all. Saving no, you money. need to learn how to invest. That's what you need no, to do. No, I was just about to say that because think about it. If you're sitting there putting money into a savings account that's sitting there and not accruing any interest, what money are you making? None. You like literally, not. you need to learn how to invest. 
And also, if honestly, you... poor people save the most money because rich people, you saw how yeah. when COVID happened, all of a sudden these airlines were like, we have nothing. It's like, well, y'all, what were y'all doing? Where's all that money? Not saving money. <laughs> not, not saving. Come on now. Yeah, go so, ahead, Tori. Yeah, no. But so like the black luxury aesthetic, to me, the black luxury aesthetic is what it was supposed to be, which is telling black women, like, it's okay to pay for yourself. Like, because a lot of people equate, like, even me, I have a hard time struggling with, like, equating equating struggle to the Black experience. You don't have to, like, not everybody has to struggle, and that shouldn't be an equivalent. And so, like, people just being, like, um, but, like, it's all about capitalism. It's kind of, like, um, what is it, exclusive to people who don't have money. And I was like, I don't think that's what it was supposed to be about. But I get where they were going because, like, it, it does, like, bring all the rules of capitalism or whatever like that but then like of course when black i feel this is also something that came up on a tiktok today that says talking about the bonnet situation now for those of you who don't know who are not on black twitter not on black tiktok monique a famous black hole house name um <laughs> decided she wanted to come up on beyonce's internet and be like I don't understand why our black girls are out here wearing bonnets to the airport. And I was just like, you, first of all, you recorded this video in a robe. Second of all, like, come on, man. Second of all, a bonnet is a protective thing for your hair. First of all, third, third of all, whatever point I'm on, there's pollen outside. Why would I... I just wash my hair. Why would I want to get more bacteria and stuff in my hair? And people, and so she basically made this whole point about like how black women should come out of the house presentable and that she even made a second video was just like, y'all are my business. And we were like, well, where's my money? If I'm your business, then where's my money? <laughs> Didn't she because say like, if, if, uh, if you saw a black woman out in a bonnet, tap her on the shoulder and ask her to respect herself. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here! You don't get popped. I'm gonna get hit. Like, yeah, if you want, you ask me. And so, of course, there's this TikTok that was talking about that when black women become when something becomes a norm amongst black women, it gets picked out. It gets picked out and turned into politics because it's respectability politics. Like, literally, I'm at the airport. I'm finna get on this 14 hour flight or however right long flight air. to go somewhere and people were like and a lot of people were like well you're wearing bonnets and then pajamas and i'm like like white girls who come like out with messy else? buns exactly. that's the issue that is my issue entirely she's sitting here acting like black women are doing something different than what other people are doing we're all doing the same thing i've been to the airport recently everybody's wearing slides Everybody has on Nike joggers or pajamas and a sweatshirt or a long t-shirt and they have their hair either in a messy bun or wrapped up. Black men are wearing do-rags. Like, the only people you see in the airport wearing suits are business people who are literally jumping right off that plane to go to a meeting. Everyone else is wearing sandals and casual clothing. It is not just black women. So all of that is rooted in, like, these old respectable respectability politics type things from, like, the freaking 50s and 60s like oh it's just so irritating it's so irritating it's so frustrating because they're just like well you're supposed to it's that whole thing about every black person is supposed to represent the black collective and 
that is that's hurting us too that's too much burden yeah why would you why would you continue that burden like because that's that that does nothing but cause stress for the individual if you if you indoctrinate your kids to think well you have to represent the race well it's just like well then you're just going to tell them to perform all the time like to keep being like this this person that can't be themselves just to to satisfy everyone else it's like that's that's just endless (laughs) stress it's that's where it gets so difficult because like you have to constantly keep telling people and reminding yourself that like as a community we are not a monolith like every black person is different like every just like every white person is different there are different subsets of black culture we all Mm -hmm. think differently we don't share the same ideas we have similar backgrounds and beliefs because of our culture and ethnicity but other than that like we're not all the same but then on the other hand you have people who are saying like when you push this idea you're trying to divide the black community and it's just like what What? like yeah that's crazy no and it's it's crazy because i didn't even realize this whole like respectability politics until i went abroad like the way that i was acting when i was studying abroad in seoul was completely different than what i am in the states and i realized i was doing that because i didn't want people to look at me and think oh that's how black people are that's how black Mm. people act and it's so crazy to have that type of burden as an individual to millions of billions of people to be like i'm going to represent my entire race first of all that's a narcissistic thought for you to have because who the fuck are you but like it's 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 crazy it's also that every like just normal stuff gets turned into something really political for black women in particular yeah and related to that tori it's also rooted in like trying to combat stereotypes but it's like these systems that are creating the stereotypes are still going to be creating the stereotypes whether you do it or not like it's like the sis like there's there's hundreds of years of film that has been sent to the rest of the world like gone with the wind and like all these racist stereotypes that like these countries these people all over the world have seen those movies like when they see american media they see stereotypes about black people so it's not like you as an individual is just going to be the only thing that's going to change their mind and i know some people be like well maybe it will but it's like why put that burden on yourself to be the one individual to change one person's mind it's like they're still going to be fed the same stereotypes that they get from media so it's like i'm not saying just like just be whatever be rude or whatever i'm just saying like just be yourself you don't have to pretend like you have to be the yeah. the quote-unquote good black person because they might have seen a, a, a movie where a black person is aggressive or something and now you have to be extra on your points like no just be yourself it doesn't exactly. matter exactly <laughs> just act like yourself act like a normal person we are all human beings like it's so stupid exactly. Have y'all seen that mm. conversation of where it's like, can you be pro-black and date a non-black person? Oh, oh my God. No, when the I tell way... you black Twitter talks about oh the same conversations. Oh my no, this, God. This conversation has been of blowing up on TikTok. TikTok. Oh my God. The way I had to block a bunch of black men creators because they refuse to think intersectionally. When people, when somebody said that white men and black, well, that white women and black men are the same people, I was like, you right. You right. Yeah, I saw they that are. too. Yeah, they are. Cause y'all refuse to let white women refuse to allow black women to be black, and black men refuse to allow black women to be women, and it just it drives me up a fucking wall. Because it's a word. There's like people. People be like. People be like, okay, well, if you're so pro black, then why are you dating somebody who is non black? And it's just like, 
what, what, what point are they me? trying to make right there? Because what? it's not good enough. Like, you didn't even marry. I, I don't understand even. Like, I couldn't even think of that about that line yeah. of thinking. Like, where are you trying to go with that? Like they're saying, they're. I guess they're trying to say that unless you are dating a black person, then you cannot be truly pro-black because how could you put time, effort, and love into somebody who is not of your own people? And, and, and you know what? Uh, it, you know what it really sounds like. It's like, how are you going to be pro-black if you're not having black babies? That's exactly what that shit yeah. sounds like to me. If you're it's not that having whole blood thing. black babies, yeah, like, it's that whole theory saying. that like. You know how that, like, a lot of older black people will be like, oh, y'all need to stop, like, having interracial babies. We're not going to exist anymore. Black people won't exist anymore. Like, black you, people will continue you to know exist. how you sound? <laughs> right. Do you, like, sound, you, you sound like a fucking Voldemort's people. No, they literally sound like one of them. <laughs> They literally sound exactly like the white people who believe that they will be overtaken as a race completely and like I no mean, longer be in society anymore ever. It's, it's so funny because white people are going to be taken over as a race eventually. Let's just let's just put that out there. <laughs> no, no, I'm not but talking about like though. as far as the amount of people. Like there are white people, white supremacists who will literally say that there will be no more, no more white people ever in the world. If they oh, keep okay, like yeah. intermixing with other races, which is simply yeah, not. Yeah. You, Europe yeah, exists. That, Europe yes, exists. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> My thing is that I'm talking about like genetically. Somebody said that white people are gonna, aren't going to be here in like um, 2050, and I was like, hmm, I I could see that. I could see that. Not. But, I don't um, see 2050. Maybe like not an, 2050. Um, yeah. But um. But, but, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I wasn't. Gonna, um, I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> no, but related to that, um, the 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 thing is, what's weird about how they usually view interracial relationships to me, it's like it's always like assuming that someone is a person of color is going to be with a white person, like a black woman's going to be with yeah. a white man. It's like why are you? You know, other races of folks exist. Like you're you're, right. you're viewing race in this this dichotomy of only white and black. It's like you know you don't have to. Like no one's forcing you to think of only interracial as just white folks, you yeah. know. Like, like you can marry someone who's I don't know Native American, I don't know Asian, I don't know Latino. Hispanic, like it's not exactly. Yeah. It's not like to me when you think of race as just like if you're dating someone who's not black, you're dating someone automatically that's white. It's like um no. Like, yeah, there was this TikTok I saw where this girl was having a conversation with this other popular, like, really pro-black, I guess. He's almost hotepish at this point, TikToker. <laughs> and, like, she was saying that, like, she was saying, like, oh, would you ever date, like, a white person? He was like, no. And he was like, what about you? She was like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't really care about that stuff. Like, I definitely would date, like, another minority and whatnot. And he got, like, he looked at her like she said something weird for saying that she would date huh? another minority. Like, he looked at her like she was a strange person, that she was being odd because she said that. And yeah. I was just like, the way y'all think is just... The way you think it's is so weird, weird. But it's, it's so funny because Black women will bring it up. Well, Black women always talk about Black men who date white women. Well, when Black men date white women, the first thing that come out of your mouth is like, ooh, you're so much better than Black women. Like, yeah. you, date, you date white women too to dog on black women most black women who date outside of their race don't they, they still like black men they still are very supportive of black men and black people's rights but you know why it's because we're taught to do that we are taught to do that unfortunately yes we're we're, we're like it's we we culturally as black girls when we grow up are taught that 
we're, we're pushed in that way. It's like, these are the boys that'll like you. Those won't, you know? Like, it's even if it's not like someone in your family specific, specifically telling you this, like, you were kind of socialized to think that. But Black boys aren't taught that. Like, they're taught, like, well, I can pick whoever I want. Like, because that's what they're... Go, Go ahead, ahead Marin. I was going to say that the black boys don't like us either. They specifically right? about right. the ones. <laughs> the yeah, like, of want. course, yeah, there, of course, there are definitely like plenty of like black men and women who only want to date within the black community and black men who love black women. But also, there are a large amount, a very loud amount, and vocal amount of people who sit here and talk shit about black women regularly. So like, why would you be upset at black women looking elsewhere for love? I mean, like, exactly. That's, that's kind of the logical thing. And also too, it's just like, like y'all were saying, like the thing is, I think the issue when it comes to interracial dating is that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but there are people who are very loud, once again, who when they start dating outside of their own community or whatever, they start talking down on the community that they're from. I feel like if y'all wouldn't do that, then there wouldn't be an issue about this Mm. at all. But yeah. oh, and then you allow your partners to be anti-black. Yeah, they yeah. Be racist. They that was the racist. one thing too. Y'all literally date anybody because of <laughs> their white or whatever. Like y'all don't no. care if they're a whole clan member. Like, <laughs> like that. Like y'all for real. They'll be like, if you follow like any mixed folks, they'll be like, oh, my mom used to call me the N word. It's like, yeah, oh, like oh, what the fuck? <laughs> How is the father allowed? Like, how are you as a black man going to allow your white wife to tell, call your kid the N word and not say anything? Like, it, it, to me, it's just like they don't care. That that's why you, they didn't go into the relationship for good reasons, and therefore they didn't create. <laughs> they continued the cycle of self hatred onto their kids. Like the black men who do that, like, how, like you just said, how can you sit there and allow? your partner to call your children racial slurs or even themselves say racial slurs like y'all don't be mindful about who you're picking to lay down with and have kids like you're just be having no, they kids don't to, care yeah they just don't care and that's so crazy to me yeah. i could never do I that it's, <laughs> like, it's self-hate it gives self-hatred it gives like wanting to not be black that's what it gives yeah to me. It's kind of yeah. reminds me yeah. too, not directly related, but you know how like, especially when it comes to darker skinned black people, the like, especially women, the main men making fun of them are also dark skinned. Ooh, the colorism. Oh the my colorism, God. Like, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of self-hatred there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy because um, Tori was having a moment. Tori as in me, I'm speaking in third person. Um, and I went and downloaded all of the dating apps and made profiles. And was talking to people and seeing stuff. And the group chat can attest to this. The amount of men that either had moderate or apolitical, of black men who had moderate or apolitical on their profiles was so much. But like, it was also like, I was getting swipes, I was getting matches and things like that, but people don't know how to hold a conversation. But also, it's the thought process that a lot of black girls, a lot of girls of color in general have to think does he like black girls before i even talk to mm. this man like if i was just on instagram and i saw a guy that like i'd have to go through his following first to see if he actually likes black girls like a lot of people don't have that type of thought process when they're going to the dating world and yeah it's crazy because i mean like Corey was saying that y'all will date anyone and black men don't realize that they're dating people who just fetishize them because they're black. Ooh. They don't they, they they know that they're being fetishized. They don't care. 
They don't care. They literally <laughs> they do not care. Don't. I've literally, like, this is not, this is off of TikTok. I've had conversations with men who would literally be, like, bragging about how they're bagging white girls. And when you mention the fact that they're only dating them because of these stereotypes they have in their head about black men, they, they know. They just don't care. Like, they literally do not care. Also, it's so like, weird. when that's, that Snapchat incident where we found out what oh, white girls are yeah, black women, yeah. they still somehow made it black women's fault. I was like, that's a fake group chat. Y'all, that's black women saying all that stuff. No, it's not. It's literally not. This is how they think. And it's so funny, too, because they'll be like, white men think the same about y'all. Yeah, we know. know that. That's why we before that, any, that's literally why before a black woman will date a white man in particular, they will literally think heavily about it and like think about his family and all of his friends and whatnot because they need to like figure out, okay, is it worth the trouble of trying to have a relationship with somebody and also at the same time have to explain like, you know, all the racial differences we have and how we grew up and whatnot. Like we actually think about this stuff. Y'all don't think about this stuff. Y'all just be dating whoever. No, it's just, it's wild out here in these um streets it's so interesting because do all of y'all want to get married i do oh you don't know Corey. <laughs> the i don't i've been thinking about that a lot recently and it's just like mm-hmm. for me the idea of having to live with someone for the rest of my life and like share a bed with them for the rest of my life have to be around them like 24 7 <laughs> i don't know and then the the thing too is like the examples that i've had of marriage in my life are not healthy mm-hmm. so i think yeah. i would probably like get need to get like extensive like therapy before i change my mind on that yeah, we'll say yeah. That what about you Nia? oh go ahead mary i do want to get married but um because i think it, i do think it's cute like sometimes like I'll see couples around and I'm like, oh, that's so adorable. But also in my family, I don't know. Well, there are only two people in my family that I know that are divorced. And those two people, until recently, one of them recently got divorced. But until like in the past like two years, I did not interact with anybody in my family that was divorced. Like everybody I knew was married and had like uh you know like had a pretty good relationship with their significant other and everything so for me i've had pretty good like you know examples and Mm -hmm. the one or two people that were divorced i barely ever saw them you know so it was always like going to houses family members where there was two people you know like you know there was a guy and then a husband and a wife there so yeah 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 so for me i i think i do i think i do sometime in the future Mm. what about you nia um i think i i do eventually i do um i just think that i think like Corey, i'll have to probably go through intense therapy like intense like yeah because it's, it's not like stuff. yeah and the thing is it's not just i'm learning from my parents it's like learning just things that i've convinced myself about myself you know uh, yeah. uh, so it's like i i have to unlearn my own self-doubt my own like trust issues that weren't really built off anything but just built off of insecurities you know and so it's the i think 
the thing is, it's weird because I, when I see people my age getting married, I'm like, how mature, like, I don't, I, I don't feel that mature. I don't feel that grown, even though I am grown, I don't feel it. Like, I don't know yeah. how you get to the point in your life where you feel your age, if that makes sense. Cause to me mentally, I'm not, I feel 18. <laughs> I feel like a kid. Yeah. I, like, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like we're, we're sitting here doing all this like adult stuff, like having like full careers and paying bills and whatnot, but like your mentality, like 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 you just said like you see people your age getting married and you're like how can you be in the headspace to be able to do something like that when you like you yourself feel like you don't know yourself that well if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah no that's a hundred percent and then also i want to like i i don't want to one of my fears is i don't want to get married here i don't want to be attached another generation i don't want another generation of my line to be stuck here if that makes sense like i think mm -hmm. in the sense of like can i'm the first like I'm one of the first people in my family to go as far as South Korea or to go to like 15 hours away. Yeah. Most of my family has never done anything like that. So like, I'm, I feel like there's power in me not having to stay here mm. a way that my other ancestors and my, my family has not had the luxury to. So I don't want to waste that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be stuck here. <laughs> so I don't want to get I'm married saying. and have kids here. Yeah. I, I get exactly what you mean. Like, I literally understand this on such a deep level because, like, right. on top of, like, the not seeing a healthy marriage part, like, I want to have that kind of marriage where if I do get married, like, where we're traveling all the time, we're going to all these different countries. And if I, God forbid, have a child, like, <laughs> the child is able to experience all these things that I never got to. Like, I don't want to have to just stay in Georgia. And, like, you know, I know exactly what you mean. Like, people, like, they stay here and they get comfortable and they just never leave. Yeah. What about you, exactly it. I want marriage. I want kids. I've been thinking a lot lately because my mom and my dad were very much in love from my memory. And my even though like I have family members that are divorced, I do have um a not specifically close in front of me couples, but I the couples in my family from what I see. Um, the couples in my family from what I see are kind of are most likely healthy for the most part my yeah. thing is it's like I do get I do understand um, wanting to not stay in Georgia mm -hmm. well here's the thing I think Corey and Nia y'all were born and raised in Georgia so I feel like it's different for y'all yeah than it is for me because mm -hmm. even if I um do get married and have kids one day i want to have a job that allows me to just like kind of go wherever i want and things like that and so i mean i i've always said that i want to get married in my early 30s but the more i think about it that's probably gonna be mid 30s but i also realize that the lifestyle i live doesn't match the fantasies i have like i am very much an introvert very much i like i feel like I've always had that type of, that kind of conflict in me that was just like, I don't feel like my youth has an expiration date, which I'm very proud of. Um, I don't feel like I have a ticking time bomb where I need to like get married and do these things and like have a whole phase or like meet people and things like that. Mm. And, um, but like, I also like, I'm also on that conflicted thing is like, should I have done more stuff while I was still on campus to go meet more people and things like that? Or should I have... Oh my God, Tori. Thinking the same thing lately, too. Yeah, well, that's why... I, that's why I, is deep. 
I don't know if it's regret, but like I that's why I downloaded the dating apps. I was like, I'm not even making an effort to have like a boyfriend or like dating experience because I've never dated anybody. Um, and so I that's why I downloaded the dating app, but it was so not my thing. It's so it was so like like just looking at somebody's profiles and all these tags they have and then like it all being location based and realizing that they're the men in my location are uncles. Are st- or are stuck in 2010. It's like, but then I, I'm like, I'm also, I'm always wondering how people meet. Like, how do y'all date in the age that we're in now? Like, and I was thinking this earlier. I was like, I'm just gonna have to go to like an arrangement agency and be like, this is the type of person I am. This is the type of person I want to meet. Like, I see tips. Like, I see tip videos all the time on TikTok. It's like how to meet rich men. Go to museums. Go, go to, to like, Costco. Go to Costco. <laughs> this is what you should wear when you do this to like attract wear these type a, of men. And I'm elegant like, white dress and high yes, heels. Yes, yes. And the thing is that I'm like, well, first of all, I've grown up. I grew up in high school being bullied and, um, well, not severely bullied, but being made fun of. Because I'm dark-skinned, I am tall, I'm very much tall and broad-shouldered and plus-sized. And um, luckily, I've gotten over most of my insecurities um, myself, for the most part. But, like, growing up with the idea of what attractive Black women are and being not that is hard. So, like, I have all this confidence, and I feel like when I meet friends and stuff like that, I'm very good at, like um breaking awkward silence and things like that but like going up like having the balls to go pick up a guy is not something that I have I think because I know that my body type is not perceived as you know attractive or anything like that and so it would take you know me being having enough confidence to just put my personality out there to like pick up people if that makes sense yeah and so that makes sense yeah, so it's it's been interesting. I definitely want to get married. I also love the idea of having kids. I also, like, at one point in time, I still have this thought that if if I don't find a spouse by the time I want to have kids, I'm just going to have a kid. Like, I'm not going to wait for somebody Yeah, like, to, adopt or, like... Yeah, like, um, I would adopt other, or I or... might... I was thinking about, like, freezing my eggs, like, around the time that I'm 30 mm-hmm. because just in case. Because I do want to experience birth at least once. At least once. I know it's going to be hell in the handbasket. My mother has definitely made sure to tell me that I was the most <laughs> painful birth thing she ever experienced. But, like, um, it's something I want to experience. And so, like, I, you know, I think, I feel like it's my duty to make you all into the rich aunties. So. <laughs> oh, no. My my goal in life is to be a rich auntie. Like, I right. literally, <laughs> I, was I wrote it down. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like. Out of all four of us, I think I'd probably be the one to have kids first. And I was just like, I think I, you will too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think like I will too. Probably would. And I was just like, well, they're gonna have three rich aunties. It's gonna be great. They're just, <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, that's the kind of the thought process that I've been going through as of late. Like reaching twenty five and being like, I know where I'm going. I don't have. I, I feel. I hope that naturally I'll just come across my soulmate. I don't know how, because I've never out. Yeah, I think that's the them. goal for most people. Because like <laughs> these, I, I have, I haven't been on the app, but from what I've seen, it's just not it. <laughs> like nothing it's about not, it. Like, it's really not. not. And, and it's I'm part, really not. I'm part of the people. Like starting a conversation on that app is so. Any of those apps is so awkward, and I just mm. I know a couple people who have really hit it off on there, yeah. but it's just not. It's really yeah. not for me. 
Yeah. And I, the thing I, too about like meeting people organically, like aside from like I saw this conversation on once again TikTok. Um, but they were <laughs> saying how like not being like for me personally, I was not allowed to date at all when I was like high school or anything Fast. like that. So Same. like I didn't my mother was not my mother's a social worker, so she wasn't like, You're not going it's not because my mother was worried about me. She was worried about other people more than anything. And so yeah. that's interesting. Like I yeah, wasn't so, allowed to like be outside or anything like that. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I wasn't allowed to like do those kind of things. And so this girl was saying like she wasn't like allowed to date in her younger teen years. So she kind of feels like like now she just has no idea what to do when she's in her twenties when it comes to dating. And mm-hmm. like it's it like that is so true. Like for me, like, even if, like, a dude comes up to me, I just, like, I don't know what to say. So I automatically assume that they want something from me, like, as far as, like, mm-hmm. selling something from me or they're, like, trying to do, like, trafficking <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just literally would, like, ignore them or, like, walk away. Or, like, the same thing with, like, trying to go up to people, like you said, like, your own insecurities that you have. Like, you don't know, like, what to say to these people because you just never had that kind of experience. So, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, it's just difficult all around. Yeah, I I see a lot of um, people talking about not dating in high school and feel like they missed out on something. And I honestly think I don't miss, I didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I used to think, be like, wow, I regret. Like, I went through a very, like, very hard phase in high school where I believed I was never going to find love, and um, I was ugly, and I was in a very, I've talked about this before, I was in a very weird situation in high school where all of my friends were not dating each other at the same time, but were constantly in relationships around me, and I was never one of those people, and so I was like, oh, this is a testament to that i will never be attractive to people who are outside my family um i did a photo shoot for my graduation and i've i've overcome a lot of those insecurities because <laughs> the pictures turned out really nice even though i was having a panic attack when i first got them um but it's it's that whole thing of being like dating in high school people make it seem like it was great was not to most me, of y'all did not have no money you were having dates right. in front of your parents so like come on like it it just seems i feel like dating in high school for some people can be really eye-opening i feel like if i had started dating in high school the way i was i would have been a different person i would have been on a completely different track i told y'all i had a moment where i, I could have gone down a really dangerous route but the fear of disappointing my mother steered me toward you know being much more stable of mind and body but um it's the thing i like i don't think i don't regret not dating in high school i don't know how i could have dated at our school our school is just not the place type of place where you go to meet people i don't understand how people date at our school honestly <laughs> like oh, GSU. yeah it's <laughs> so many people and like even if you're not like even if you're like in a club in like an organization or anything it's very hard to get to know people like it's not it's it's a commuter school for the most part it's not a community people come and go i was just thinking about the other day i'm usually never around men all like when i was living in the dorms most of the people (laughs) in my floor were women in the clubs i the clubs i was in mainly women my entire major was mainly women or if there was men in there like they were they're either older, like dads or whatever, because you know, like our school has a lot of people who are older going back to school. Mm-hmm. 
Or they're like professors. Like literally, I'm just never around men. Yeah. Right. Uh, and like from when I was thinking about this just a minute ago, like I, me, high school felt so monumental. And so I, most of my regrets stem from then, from there. I wish I wasn't, I wish I, like, I feel like I would have been a completely different person had I gone to therapy when I was like 12. I feel like mm -hmm. I would have not spent years like, tearing myself down. Be, and also I would have hung out with people who wouldn't have made me feel like a, like Debbie Downer, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Cause I always like, same for Decoria was you, I couldn't date in high school, but I desperately wanted to rebel. Like I wanted to do something that would make me feel like everyone else, you know? Um, Cause everybody else was out here doing everything and taking drugs and drinking. And I was just like, well, I'm just, cause keep in mind, these are rich kids. So their, their view of like, right and wrong is completely switched. <laughs> they have no sense of it cause they know there's no consequences. So I just was like, although I'm happy I didn't go into a lot of those situations, I'm regretful, incredibly regretful that I just didn't, I probably would have like, if I would have actually cared or like actually put myself out there in a way that I didn't, um, even if it went against my morals, even for a minute, I might've like had a long-term relationship if I would have believed in myself. Cause I didn't believe in myself. I was in a white school. Like most of the guys I, that I liked that were not black, they were white mostly. Most mm -hmm. of the black boys didn't pay attention to nobody black. Like the, 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 my, I remember when I was there, they were like, well, we should get more black boys. Like some of the parents said that. And I was like, y'all think that's going to change anything for the black girls? <laughs> like, they're, no, they're not going to date us. <laughs> they don't feel any sense of connection to us. They were all for the white girls. But um, like the, it's, it's hard to describe because it sounds so dramatic because some people don't think of high school that way they just think of it oh I'm just there to get a grade I'm just enjoying it for me high school felt like like it felt so monumental like I felt like that was my world because because it technically was I would go home go to school do things related to school after school I was there for like 10 to 11 hours a day so talking to the same 70 people so it felt like that was my world and so I wished I could have just been like a regular kid I desperately wish that for years and I still do like I, I admire you Tori for having that confidence because I de genuinely don't think I ever will and I'm not trying to like say to be extra negative but like that's mm -hmm. the type of formative years were just built off of self-hate yeah so like undoing mm -hmm. that I don't know how to undo that like I don't know how to suddenly like oh well now you and it's it's so weird because even in my friends group like they would never be like nia you look nice they would never be like, like same oh, nia same like, same like, it's so trigger it's so triggering like it's weird you... and it's you know what was crazy y'all mm -hmm. i went to my friend's wedding in london i like my the one black friend in my group she was like you know i always wanted to be like you and you always so pretty i was like huh why didn't about? you tell me like, that when I was in high school? Like, <laughs> you would have changed my life. Like, and the thing is, even if she never said that, it's like I, I, I always thought friendships you would support each other, and I would always be like, "Yeah, look nice," and you like, "I love your outfit," and I'd be like, "I just, I don't know if it was just my brain and how it processes compliments and how I 
like it's harder for compliments to sink in for me. But like hearing that, it's like, why are you telling me this? And I'm 25 years old <laughs> now. Why are you saying me? I always thought you were pretty. It's like, well, you could have like someone could have said something that wasn't a family member. Like I never to me, whenever I heard that, it was from family. So I was like, well, they're just being nice. They love me. They're going to be like I, that. Yeah, I know exactly like, what you mean. Like, strangers would never say that. Like, that's not, especially from that school. So, like, they were very clear. Like, if you're not blonde, we don't want you here. <laughs> so it's like, it's, I hear y'all. I mean, it's, it's, but I don't know if I'll ever get to your level, Tori, of, like, self-acceptance. Because when I start to, I got my, like, for me, it's like, a, it's a, a never-ending cycle it's like I fix something like my skin. I used to have acne. I, I take, I do retinol and all that stuff. My skin looks better, but it's like, it's never going to be, it, it should have been that that was a check mark. Like that's good. I'm now that's settled. But in my mind, it's still like your skin's not good enough. Like even if I lose 20 pounds, I bet when I get there, I'll be like, well, you're still not skinny enough. Like it's like, it's, it's a never ending cycle for me. And I don't know how to, un I don't know how to get rid of that. Does that make sense? Like it's, it mm -hmm. sounds like just, just to have the confidence and the, 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 the self-assured, the being self-assured. I don't think that's why it's yeah, going to be hard exactly to date and to do things in life because it's like daydream about stuff. <laughs> I would love to do stuff, but it's like, I, it's just my whole yeah. formative years were built off of barely making it so i don't know how to undo that for yeah. me it's kind of like it's it's like a it's such a similar situation but kind of flipped like my parents were so like restrictive and like sheltering and not allowing me to do stuff like when i was in high school like i had friends but was not allowed to see them like after school like i didn't have the opportunity to really hang out with people like outside of a school setting so, like, for me, because I'm so used to that kind of way of living, when I went to college, instead of, like, like, I would see people around me, like, always hanging out with people and whatnot and, like, going places. And I would want to do that. But I'm, I was, like, so stuck in my head of, like, how I was, like, as a child in high school that I was just, like, not say anything, if that makes sense. Like, I would just be yeah. like, oh, well, I'm not going to go anywhere because this, this, and this. Like, I'll be in my head about that stuff. So, like, my regret is more of me not doing more stuff in college. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I should have... Like, I did do things. Like, I did, like, go to events and whatnot occasionally. But I feel like I would... I should have, like, made an effort to be a little bit more outgoing. Because I think, like, for, I don't know, like, I always kind of see, saw myself as, like, a shy person because that's how I was as a kid. But I'm kind of realizing now is, like, I'm not really like that. It was kind of like I was forced to be that way because of my parents, mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I've just I been thinking about could, that stuff a lot yeah. recently. I definitely get that, Corey, because, like, a part of me when I went to Seoul was still operating, like, how I was in America. But I was also, like, having classes for hours. Yeah. Um a week every day and so i didn't know how to as an as an ambivert i think i'm more of an ambivert than an introvert because i can have a social battery but it dies very quickly but also like walking around seoul by myself i don't think i was just confident enough in my korean skills to do that if i went back to seoul now i would be doing so much stuff by myself because i don't need anybody but I, like i had this idea of what my study abroad experience would be like i would make a friend we would always be 
hanging out together and I did make close friends but I wasn't always hanging out with them um so it's real interesting to see um about that and I also like I do have those regrets about not doing things in college but honestly after I met y'all I was like I don't need I don't think I physically and mentally need more social interaction besides y'all that's how that's why (laughs) a question Uh, no go ahead Marin but I want to ask a question after. I was going to say that's why I don't when it comes to my job I never want to interact with these people out of work I'm like I have y'all and I have my other friends and I'm good like why do I need to interact with more people right Mm. and I and mm-hmm. I, feel, I definitely understand you, Corey, about like realizing that you're probably not as shy as you think you were. But I also had to, I also had to take some time to think about like, was I trying to force myself to do stuff just because I thought this is how college was supposed to be? Yeah, or, like, this is how I thought my experience mm-hmm. in Seoul was supposed to be. Because a lot of people, the way that a lot of study abroad students act when they go out is because they don't think they're going to come back. I was for sure it was like I'm coming back to Seoul. Like I don't have to do everything right now. And so, like, even mm-hmm. when I was in, even even though I did have those moments where, like, oh, I don't have any, like, best friends or anything like that. Because, like, the friends I had in high school were the only friends I had in high school. And then after I graduated, nobody contacted me. Nobody cared about anything. And so after I met y'all, I was like, okay, I have good friends now. And, like, that's why I think I'm also, like, not suffering during quarantine. Like, I want to see y'all. And we can. Like, y'all come over because um, my mom, like, my mom was the type of mom who was like, they can come over here, but you're not going anywhere <laughs> type of person. yeah and so i think i've come into conclusion with myself that i'm very okay with being alone and i'm very okay with like just living my day-to-day life with the interactions i have with my family the interactions i have with y'all and if somebody else comes into that picture then sure but i've also realized that i can't have a clingy spouse like, I can't be somebody's entertainment. Like, I refuse to fucking do that. Because I entertain myself alone very well. So, like, mm-hmm. it's been a lot of self-realizing over the past couple months. If I don't have to talk, I won't. If I want to talk, I will. And I realize that, like, I'm okay with speaking in front of people. Like, I'm very weird about, like, I have... My anxieties come weirdly different times. Like, if I have to do a speech, I won't be nervous about the speech until I've done it. After I've done it, then I'm, like... Suddenly, I'm shaking and nervous, like, even though I've just mm-hmm. done it. So, like, those are the type of, that's how, I don't know how I deal and process with things that way, but that's just how I've always dealt with things. And I've, I've had leadership roles when I was in high school. I was, like, president of DECA. I was co-president of National Art Honor Society. So, like, I've always. Wow. Yeah. So, I've always kind of, like, I, I, I guess I'm a Leo and I'm bossy because I don't like leaving it up to other people. Because other people don't know how to do stuff. So I'd rather just do it myself. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. think the introvertedness comes from my mother, like, not being the type of mother who wanted to, who, do, she doesn't, she's just not the type of person that wants to be out in the streets amongst people all the time. And so me and my brother inherited that for her. And so we don't have to be out in the streets in front of people all the time. My brother has his friends online. My mom has her friends that she talks to through Zoom all the time. I have y'all. And so, the three of us can literally be in the house and I cannot see my brother for two days. I can hear him, but I've not seen my brother for two days and it's fine. And we, and so I, I definitely think it's part of my personality um, is definitely because I was raised in a household where we weren't always outside and stuff like that. But like my mother is also the type of person who is very much a leader. when She's in spaces. So I kind of probably picked that up for a lot from her. So, like, mm. not being 
so anxious. Like, as the introverted side of me is not anxious in a social space as much as I am, like, how to just get through this and keep it moving type of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. What about y'all, Corey and Marin? I think for me, yeah. like, when I was, like, a very small child, like, kindergarten age, I, I do remember being sh- sh- even, like, shy when I was, like, a kid. And mm-hmm. so, like, I feel like naturally, like, probably a part of my personality is to be, like, slightly shy. But for me, like, when I was real, real young, I was allowed to go play outside with other kids and whatnot, right, and have friends. But for some reason, the older I got, the more restrictive my parents mm-hmm. became. So that, and like, and especially during, like, the more formative years of, like, your early teens and whatnot. So I feel like that really shaped my personality. Because I kept, I always think about, like, why the hell do I, am I so nervous to talk to other people? Or why am I so, like, insecure about myself when I was not like that when I was younger at all? If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So I'm like, I always think about, like, why am I the way I am? And I kind of did realize, especially during quarantine, because, like, everybody had a lot of time to, like, self-reflect. Like, yeah, that's definitely because of how my grandparents raised me. Because I really think that, like, in my, like, middle school and high school years, had I been allowed to have those kind of friendships where, like, I could go over to my friend's house and just hang out or, like, being allowed to go over to sleepovers or even, like, school trips and whatnot out of the state, like, if I had been allowed to do those things, I think I would be, like, I would still be, like, pretty similar to the way I am now, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'll be more secure in myself as a person. Because when I was a kid, I was, it was, like, when I was a teen, not, like, a kid, but, like, a young teen and whatnot, mm-hmm. it was always me constantly looking at my grandparents for guidance on what to do rather than making decisions for myself and not um, doing things because I wanted to do them, but doing things because I knew my grandparents would want me to do them, if that makes sense. I, mm. I also wonder if your time from childhood to teenager changed because of, like, where y'all lived or what y'all were doing. or like I wonder The if thing it's is, factor. too, though, like, we didn't... It's not like we moved from Gwinnett County to a rough area. Uh-huh. We literally moved from Gwinnett to Cobb, and Cobb is even safer than Gwinnett. There's, like, more white people here. So it's just, like, it still didn't... It didn't make sense the way they did things. And I, I kind of think because, like, my mom was, like, a teen mom and my mm-hmm. aunt was and my grandma oh, was, that... Yeah, that may that be why been. she that's became probably so... Been. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's definitely a generational thing because my mom was not a teen mom, and it's and now that you talk about that, like I remember, I specifically remember this conversation when I was in middle school. My aunts and my mom would take turns picking us up from school because me and my cousin yeah. were the same school, and I distinctly remember them talking about they they were talking about my cousin in a way that they were like cautious about her developing and then meeting boys. But then I also had to realize that her mother, their sister, was a teen mom. And so they were worried about her becoming a teen mom. Mm. And they never talked about me like that. And the younger part of me was like, oh, they talk about my cousin like that because she's attractive. And they don't talk about me like that because I'm not attractive. Like, I've never heard them have a conversation about worried about me dating. And so mm. I'm, yeah. it, it might have been like family, different family situations and stuff like that. So, yeah. I'm, yeah, because I can definitely see, like, why they would do that. Because, But also, too, I feel like it's really wrong to raise a kid like that. Because it really, it really, It's not good. It's yeah. Because <laughs> I don't feel like anything I did 
when I was a kid, like, ever kind of showed that I would be, like, a teen mom. Like, for my mom and my aunt, when they were kids, how they've told me their childhood and my grandma told about her, how her experience with them, like, my grandma was not home a lot because she was working. And so my aunt and my mom were kind of left to their own devices and they were just out everywhere doing whatever they wanted. And so, like, for me, I feel like, if you were confident in the way you raised your kid, you wouldn't be that restrictive, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so mean, for me, I like, the way I acted and the way they raised me didn't make sense to me at all. Yes. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. That yeah. makes definitely sense. Yeah. Because, like, my you, mom. Man? Oh, no, yeah. Go ahead, um, When I grew up, I moved around a lot. And mm-hmm. so I only lived at places for two years before I moved to Georgia. So... Mm-hmm. It, like, took a minute. You know, like, when you move schools, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's a new kid or whatever. But then I moved in a couple of years. So yeah. it wasn't until I think that might have affected why I was so shy when I was younger, because I didn't really have close friends at the time until I moved until Georgia, moved till Georgia. But mm-hmm. how do I say this? It was I was the type of person in which I was shy until you got to know me. Once you oh, got to know yeah. me, then I was really outgoing. And it's a, it still affects me today at my job because at the job I currently have, people were like, like one of my coworkers would be like, wow, you're like so talkative now and everything. And it's like, well, yeah, now I'm in a manager position and I need to talk to people, but like I can be. But, it's, you know, it's a temporary job that I know I'm not going to have in a year. And it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to make any lasting like i don't want to really talk to these people give them my number or follow them on instagram or anything because then like that requires me to be social and being social makes me um what is it's tiring and i don't like Mm. to give out my time like that and then like in a sense of like how i was moving everywhere when i was younger this job is going to be gone and at the time in about six months i'll have to find it's another situation of me having to reintroduce myself into another place Mm. that's not the whole process over again probably the reason why I hate finding jobs honestly it's just like so for me it's really like I'm shy until I get to know you kind of thing and I really it really takes me a minute especially with my jobs it really takes me a minute for to get close to people because I just don't I don't know I always feel like in a year I won't have this job kind of thing and so Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like being social with any of these people Cause then it's like, damn! Now I have to take out of my time from my other friends, my family, and my, and now I have to add to my work friends. Like that is, I don't know, that's so yeah. exhausting to me. That's another thing too. Like I also, like I said earlier, like had to move a lot. So I think yeah. that also maybe, like you just said, it takes takes you a long time to like get close to people. Exactly. And that's exactly how I, I am too. Like for example, like there was this one girl who I was kind of friends with at GSU, and like for her she felt like we were like best friends but for me the whole time I'm kind of just like oh I don't really know you that well and that happens to me quite a lot to be honest where (laughs) somebody will feel like they're closer to me than I feel like I'm closer to them yeah Mm. it's such an interesting situation to be in yeah it's awkward as hell like my coworker really tried so hard to talk to me like continue she would say hi to me every day when I used to work at this other job and then we moved to this one and she would talk to me every day and I'd be like, damn, like, you're not going to give up. Like, it's really sweet that she like <laughs> did that. And like, 
we were close or whatever, but damn, I was like, girl, I'm <laughs> nothing. I am giving you nothing. <laughs> and she tried so hard. <laughs> oh. But this is interesting, y'all, like to hear your different experiences with being social. Um, like, because people don't always think about how your childhood affects how you behave as an adult in terms of just t interacting with other human beings, you mm -hmm. know? So it's well, like, honestly, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I never thought I'd have the, the gall to do a podcast for real, for real, <laughs> like, and post it because this is like the opposite of my comfort zone. Like this is, even though I'm just, we're just talking to each other. The fact that there, my voice is like out there permanently, it scares me every day, <laughs> but not, in a way where I don't want to do this again. It's just like, if I wasn't friends with y'all, I could not do this by myself. Like I didn't, I don't have the, what do you call it? Like, even with um, some people can do things online and not feel the anxiety of interacting with people in person. Mm -hmm. Some people say I, I can't talk to people as much in person, but online I'm, I'm extroverted if that makes sense. But for me, it's like that same anxiety I feel when I leave the house applies online. So mm. I, there's not really a, there's not really any kind of social space where it's like a comfort zone for me with, I think it's because I'm with y'all that I'm able to like put sentences together <laughs> and to not overthink everything I'm saying, because we're just, you know, we're having a conversation. And so it's, I think that's what is interesting about like how even an online space is like that, that anxiety can kind of still be there for me, but it's like, this is so fascinating to hear y'all's like perspectives because we honestly have similar experiences, but they're all very different at the same time. Yeah. They all affected us in like different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so I think like um, what you just said, like a lot of people, when it comes to their personality, they kind of just throw it, like put it off as like, that's how they are naturally or they kind of like attribute it to their zodiac sign without really thinking about my god like, oh i was raised this way. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so the question about... i have another oh go no, ahead wait go tori ahead. No, no 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 sorry tori we keep interrupting change the topic so Nia, what do you have to say <laughs> no i just i think i had one more question but i now i suddenly can't remember but um but no this is random did y'all go to your proms no no Wow, we, I, for my well, for me, it's because we didn't have money. So like I, like I didn't yeah. want to go to prom. Like I think at the time I would have like braids, and they would be in my head for like four or five months. So it would be looking like really unruly. And then like I didn't have like a dress or anything like that, or like knew how to do makeup. So I didn't want to go to prom and not like look my like best best. Mm -hmm. So me and a friend just went to see a movie. Oh my mm -hmm. God, Corey! We went to the, we did the same thing on prom night. We went to go to the movie. We went to the movie because like I went to I had a purity ceremony in middle school. I forgot about that. A I was in the organization. Ceremony? What? Yeah, I was Wait, in Tori, What? I listen. This memory came back a few weeks ago, and I completely forgot about it. When I was in middle school, there was this club called Sister to Sister, and I signed up for it because my English teacher was the teacher, and she liked me a lot. And so um, I signed up for it, but it's a purity ceremony where you vow chastity and marry or until you're an adult or whatever. Huh? And, um, I wore a, I was the only girl in a full 
ball gown and a white ball gown with a hoop skirt. My mother was going to do the dang thing. My uncle walking me down the aisle. I did this pledge. I had a ring. It was, it's. Wait, what? Scary. <laughs> it's, I feel like the group itself had good intentions. It was supposed yeah, to be like a for space sure. for black girls. But like for that to be like the, the end result. Like I, I remember. I specifically remember the 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 teacher over it. My English teacher. I don't know if she's my English or my science teacher. Was talking about. I feel like they were doing this to like. It was a good intentions, but the the things that I remember the most were the stories she was telling us about how she was teen mother, and like how she mm. would give her baby cough syrup to get the baby to go to sleep. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> See, I feel that's a lot of reactionary. Yeah, it's because people were teen moms. Like it yeah, affects it's, generations. It's generational things, and they wanted. And this school was in the ghetto, so it was in the ghetto part of um College Park or whatever. So mm. I mean, I get it. They were had good intentions, but it, the purity ceremony should not have probably been a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just. So weird, I did but... that, and then I went to our middle school prom. Um. Dance, I went to middle school dances too. Yeah, yeah, I went to my middle school dances, but I remember just going out to pick a dress and like dresses I wanted really not fitting, and like this whole thing with my mother. And I was like, I don't think I want to do this again for a prom. And of course, I was part of the art kids, so we were the edgy kids. So I, we were like, we're not going to prom, are we? No, we're not going to prom. So, um, Mm. yeah. So I, but I do like want to host a birthday party eventually where we like the theme is prom. And everybody could just Tori, why was I why was I Tori? Why was I dead ass thinking about this last weekend? I was like, when I when no, for real, y'all, like when I when I get married or whatever, or even when I like have a boyfriend that I'm like, I might marry him, mm-hmm. I might make my wedding a like a prom, like a reception prom thing. Oh my because God. I wanna I want to like relive. Like, Cause honestly, like I wanna re I wanna give young Mia like the 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 fun she deserved because mm-hmm not gonna lie y'all like like I feel like for high school some people that's like their peak years like they look at high school Mm. and it's hard to listen to because like my parents both really enjoyed high school so it's hard for me to listen to like their their joys all the time and be like well this what am I gonna tell my kids oh I was miserable (laughs) like what what do I pass down you know like like I also think not sorry to cut you off but I also think your experience in high school as even if it wasn't um amazing and it was definitely not what you were expecting i feel like it's a it you experienced it and hmm, how do i say this i feel like you have other stuff to tell your kids besides high school like you know what i'm saying i know mm-hmm. like it's hard for you to hear your parents but i'm like you're you're 25 babe you got a bunch of life to live <laughs> like yeah. I think that's how it is for me like the the one reason why I I don't have any kind of regrets about prom is like I feel like I have if I want to like get dressed up and go to like a gala like I mean I think I have enough time in my life to find like a rich man and like sneak into a party with him or something (laughs) like that but I always think like if I were to have a kid I really would like to have a daughter that way I can let her have the childhood I didn't get to have in a way Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that's a fear for me though is that my kid will be just like me and I'll be like, I don't know how to help you because I, I definitely don't know how to help myself. <laughs> I definitely don't think that's gonna happen, Nia. I definitely oh, don't that, think that's gonna happen. I 
Tori, I wish like depression and anxiety runs in my family, like literally linear but from see, my great grandfather. You, but you, but you being somebody who is therapy, putting in the work knows, to like, try to putting fix in the it. work, you're not gonna you're gonna break the the generational curse or whatever that is that happens to black family, and you're gonna put your child to therapy. You yeah, know you that that is true because like because it's like a chemical imbalance thing. At least you will be able to catch it early. Because like you right. said, you you should have went to therapy when you were like young, young, and you kind of yeah. you would be able to catch that early if you had a kid who you you saw was kind of displaying like the same kind of like uh, symptoms of like depression mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I Agreed so yeah, but for talking about weddings, um, I've already told y'all this. I don't know if I said this on this podcast, but I'm remaking Brandy Cinderella's my wedding. The three of y'all will have to be in the camp dresses that the stepsisters and stepmother wore. <laughs> like I have the whole entire thing planned out in my head. But I was just thinking, I love, I love looking at gorgeous dresses, and I'm like, when will I have the occasion to wear this? Will I ever walk down a red carpet? Well, it's like my birthday happens every year, so why not make that an occasion? And so I'm hoping to have. I I think y'all are the friends that I would be like. Okay, so this theme, this year's theme is prom. Next year's theme is you know marvel like right. and we would have to we could have some fun um and dress up and things like that but like i don't yeah so i don't have any regrets about not going to prom but yeah i think it's so funny the thing is even though i say i don't really know if i want to get married or not i do think about what my wedding would be like at least and i like i really want to have like same. a really extravagant <laughs> type wedding I, but I'm, I'm not gonna spend like too much money. Like no, we're not doing amount. that. We're not going into debt for yeah. a wedding because yeah. like I oh I have God. two weddings. <laughs> I have two weddings in mind: the wedding that I could afford, and then the wedding that I'm gonna afford when I'm richer. The wedding that I could afford right now would be like a like a low key kind of like party games and party food would be very low key. Like I wouldn't want to get a drink. I wouldn't want to. I was like. It's an all-black wedding. Y'all were all black. We're white. It's like a type of fun thing for friends and family. Eating good food and just like talking about like how we got married instead of like having a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, go ahead, Mary. Yes, I did go to prom. I went to prom with my best friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And her boyfriend and a That's friend nice. of ours at our time. It was really cute. Um, we rented a lim- uh, limo. We went to prom. Prom was at... What is that place in where the plays are in Atlanta? Fox Theater. The Fox, Theater. The Fox Theater. Fox Theater. That's where it was. Yeah. Y'all no prom was at the Fox Theater. <laughs> yeah. And so cool. And then we after that we went to some laser time place and then went back home. It was a fun time. Okay. I think you I think might how, just. I think most so. people. <laughs> yeah. Most people, when they talk about their prom, they kind of have the similar experience to you. Now, there were mm-hmm. there were, there were those few people for I don't know how, but they were able to get a hotel room after. But yeah, yeah. most people did like kind of what you did. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, like mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I prom was okay. I only went my last year though. Yeah, yeah. I, going to prom multiple times sounds like a that's a lot of right? money. Like that's a lot of tasks. That's a lot of hair. That's a lot of <laughs> dresses. Yeah, but I was like, um, but yeah, having, you know, two wedding ceremonies is something that I think about a lot. But also, like, I just really can't wait till we go to Florida because I have outfits already in mind for, like, when we go out to brunch and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm ready for us to be able to travel. 
I miss like what's weird with COVID is like I don't know how the world like I know people are out here traveling but like not the same like you know what I mean like even if you want to go to another country it's like ah but is it really safe like I mean because every country has a different place in COVID you know what I mean like some countries are spiking numbers and some are like not so it's post-COVID world I don't know how we're gonna be able to just like live again or try to live i don't know we'll probably continue to do mask wearing and Mm. whatnot which i don't have a problem with like literally at all the fake smile at people anymore (laughs) but (laughs) right yeah but i think it will kind of be different because like even when i went to new orleans first of all they live over there like there isn't covid but (laughs) but most people that i saw who came from other places did have a mask on and whatnot so I feel like we probably will continue to be wearing masks for a while. And, like, we'll probably have to get, like, a yearly COVID shot or something like we do with the flu. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But I hear you. But, yeah, Tori, I know exactly what you mean. Because, like, when I went to New Orleans, like, I, I really wished I would have, like, wore my clothes. Like, I have so many clothes <laughs> that I haven't gotten a chance to wear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel I like, like, it. I went with my family so that's mm-hmm. why I didn't like dress up. I think that's a place right. you need to go with friends. Like you don't yes. need to go there with family. Yeah, I feel like we should try to. We need to do another staycation though. I don't care where it is at this point because we always talk about we want to get out the city, but at this point I don't think I care. Like, can we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do another staycation to get out the house for a while. That'd be yeah. great. If y'all are anywhere. I was like, I'm trying. I'm. I was trying to go on vacation with my friends next month, but it looks like that's not gonna happen, or because they're moving. But I mean, oh yeah, you did say they're getting a new place. Yeah, I mean, like if they're still, I'm gonna ask them in like two weeks and see how it is. But if it isn't, they're still not down with it. Then like, I think we should go. My birthday's in July, so that's always a great excuse. Oh yeah, <laughs> we right. could just go somewhere, um, and staycation. It'd be great, just to get mm. out the house for a while. But yeah, I think we've talked enough, have we? Yeah, like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Comedy Podcast. We missed um our Disney deconstructing episode last um month, but we will be doing one this on Dumbo. So keep your ears open for that. We're going to be recapping some old series, new series. Also, Kingdom the prequel is coming out in July, baby. So y'all know we're going to have lots to say. That's our favorite series. Um, But yeah, make sure you stay tuned. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and TikTok, especially for our podcast festival giveaway. Until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Erin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye.